And we're live. Hi there, I'm Elizabeth Richard. And I'm Sebastian Richard. Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose broadcast. It used to be the Thriving on Purpose podcast, but everybody started broadcasting. And what, what ended up happening was we kind of felt left out. <laughs> so we decided to start a broadcast like everybody else. <laughs> But it's the new thing, and obviously we we understand why broadcasts are more engaging. Uh, people love seeing our faces; they love seeing our expressions, our emotions. We've uh, done videos before on our page. We have, we have, but not not on a regular not, basis. Yeah, not every week. And, and people love seeing us live because they can see us like arguing and you know, it's so <laughs> more fun for them. <laughs> We're more real. <laughs> it's real and raw. And uh, before we get started, Liz, I just want to publicly. Thank you for everything you set up. Everything you see tonight, guys, just the good, not the bad, but everything you see tonight that's good, it was all her. She set up everything with StreamYard, with she got the, the, the design going. She, she did all the technical work. And all I had to do was criticize the whole way. <laughs> so it was really easy for me. Yeah, anyway, so uh, bear with us. We're still testing out stuff. Um, so today, tonight, we're talking about Kingdom Awakening. So basically, we're going to share a bit about, um, you know, about us and, and our bit of our background and when we discovered Kingdom, how that impacted our lives. And Sebastian's going to share a teaching as well. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about uh, how uh, basically our lives, how our faith walk, our walk with God was before Kingdom, after Kingdom. And what do I mean by that? Well, obviously... Uh, most of you listening will think, well, you know, kingdom's just, it's just part of our faith. It's part of Christianity. It's, you know, it's part of the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, but it wasn't for me. And uh, I, I came more from a, a more conservative background. And we, like in the church, uh, I attended for years. Um, it, there, there, it wasn't a, um, how do you call it, Liz? And I don't want to insult anybody, but it wasn't this, um, full Holy, full Holy Ghost. How do they call it? New Testament. Uh, full Holy Ghost. Anyway, Holy Spirit inspired. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of stuff missing. I mean, we didn't get healings. There was no speaking in tongues. When people raised their hands during worship, they felt guilty. You see the type of church. I mean, there's a lot of those still going on. And uh, so, as a result. I was missing out on a lot of what the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. and God has to offer in our walk with him and in our lives. Yeah. So um, so there's a verse in Matthew that I want to share. Well, you, you guys are probably familiar with it. Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Of course, as a believer... I wanted the, the the part that says all of these things will be given to you as well. So the food, clothing, shelter, and all the necessities of life. I really, really, really wanted that. So I I, I thought, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna seek the kingdom. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna seek the kingdom. And the way I thought, because of where I I, I went to church and because of the doctrines that I believed, uh, the way I thought that was done was through more like uh, going through the uh, the checklist. Mm -hmm. checklists you know like uh, going to church three times a week check i went i went to, i went on wednesday i went on sunday morning sunday night check off yeah read your bible daily yes good stuff you know and, and by the way a lot of these things are very very good stuff 
but it's the spirit in which we do them that mm -hmm. is either helpful or not. And the spirit in which I did them was was a uh, basically trying to seek God through activity or seek the kingdom through activity and not seeking him for the sake of seeking him. Mm -hmm. uh, evangelize. Oh, uh, oh, today at work I spoke a, I spoke of Jesus. Oh, I quoted a verse from the scripture to a coworker. Check that off. Um, pray and fast. Uh, did I pray today? Yes, I prayed today. Good. Check that off. Uh, listen to more sermons or read more Christian books. That was also part of it for me. So, so I basically thought that uh, seeking His kingdom was was more like a, I was a, I was a, a human doing, not a human being. And it's about being in the kingdom. It's about identity. It's about who we are and who the King is. He's our Father. The King's our Father. So it has more to do with seeking the king and his kingdom. So you, you basically you find his kingdom by seeking more of him. Right. That's the way it works. Uh, and, and I thought that by doing these things, I was seeking more of him. And yet I was missing the mark. Now, don't get me wrong. These things did help me grow quite a bit in my faith. Nonetheless, because God is good. God is, mm -hmm. um, is so gracious that even when we do, and there was an illustration. Oh my goodness! There was an illustration years ago that was fascinating. That was so good that compared relationship to uh, to religion. And and then I'm going to try to go fast because I don't want to spend too much time on that. But that's really a good story. So the the pastor gave an illustration. It was really good. He says, imagine a, a newlywed husband and wife, and first week the husband gets home on Friday night brings a, bu a bouquet of roses to his beloved and in the card, beautiful card, beautifully written, beautiful poem. And then he says to her, my sweet love, I want to bring you out to the restaurant, to the nicest restaurant in the city tonight. And so he, he gives her an evening to remember. She is on cloud nine. It's amazing. Another week goes by. Friday gets there. The husband shows up again dozen roses again there's a card she opens up the card same poem hmm okay and then the husband says my love i love you so much let me take you to the nicest restaurant tonight he takes her to the same restaurant as last week even the same table she's happy she's grateful she thinks it's he's a wonderful man so she just enjoys the evening, goes home. Next Friday comes along. He shows up. 12 roses. Card. Same words. Same thing. Tells her he wants to take her out. Restaurant, same table. Now she starts to find him a little bit weird. And 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 the story went goes on that he does <laughs> that every week. And see, that's that was kind of me seeking the kingdom. That was kind of like maybe not always. I mean, I had my moments where I really felt the Holy Spirit, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to diss the way I was doing things because there was a lot of a good stuff in those things. Because let's be honest, uh, seventy percent of Christians don't even do that. So I was doing some good stuff, but it was stuff. It wasn't the seeking of more of Him, and so that's the thing. So that's that's what religion does. It keeps us away from really seeking the kingdom. So I want to talk tonight and Liz is going to uh, give her take on it as well about kingdom awakening. I'm going to talk about my personal kingdom awakening and she's going to talk about 
her personal kingdom awakening. So my kingdom awakening came through and I want to, I want to honor Miles Monroe tonight because uh, I've had a lot of mentors in my life and a lot, a lot, I, I, different seasons of my young life. I, I became a Christian when I was nine years old and I really started delving deep around the age of, let's say maybe 18, 20 years old delving deep in Christian books and, and listening to sermon, audio sermons. Back then it was Christian radio. We didn't have internet. Just came out a few years later. So uh, I had a lot of uh, uh, mentors, I guess you could call them not, not personal mentors, but through books, through sermons, uh, teachers I would attach myself to and, and really enjoy their teachings and grow from it. And uh, Miles Monroe came quite a bit late in my life. I, I uh, encountered Miles Monroe. I was, my goodness, maybe 42, something like that. And uh, I found him uh, in, initially. It was, it was through the writing of my book. He had done a sermon uh, teaching on how to write a good book. And that was powerful teaching. And I was like, wow, who is this guy? I, I've heard the name before, Miles Monroe, but I'm not, I want to listen to more of his stuff. And I fell on his epic, I guess you could call it his life mission series. He did a series of 42, that's 42 sermons called Rediscovering the Kingdom. And that series completely changed my life. There were two things that changed my life uh, in the teachings of Miles Monroe. It was one of those was his teachings on leadership on what leadership is and what a, what a Christian leader should be like, a kingdom leader. Mm -hmm. And the other volet and the other part is really his Rediscovering the Kingdom series. It was, in, I think, in, in five, five volumes. It was epic. It completely changed my paradigm. And when I shared, I, I, I changed. Obviously, I understood that I didn't understand. And I love that. I mean, as someone who wants to grow constantly, I, I like when I encounter something in my life that makes me see, oh, well, I need to learn this because I really don't know this. So I like, I like growing that way. Uh, of course, I'm a normal guy. I don't like when it's someone who comes to my face, tells me you, you need to learn this. I, I like discovering it on my own. <laughs> Sometimes Lizzie does that. She was like, you need to learn this. I'm like, no, I don't. Like, two months later, I'm like, I'm in deep. And I'm like, oh, look who I discovered. Oh, you mean the person I told you to look up? Yeah. <laughs> that does great. <laughs> yeah, and then we laugh about it. And then we laugh about it. But the, the contrary happens to you also. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so what was I Liz? What was I saying? Rediscovering the kingdom. It blew my mind. It blew my mind, completely opened my heart, and gave me identity. I, I still remember Miles Monroe, who's deceased today, who, who in his sermon where he said, it's about, it's about who you are, who God makes you to be. So he basically said, so so what the shirt you're wearing, see, see people think he was saying that people like buying the, the expensive shirt or the expensive car to feel like they're somebody. But he mm -hmm. says, when you're when you understand kingdom, you don't need that. No. Your $7 t-shirt at Walmart, if it touches your skin, if it's on you, it becomes royal attire. Your rusty Toyota becomes a royal carriage because of who you are. Your identity transforms whatever you touch. The ground you walk on becomes holy. And the, 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 uh, uh, the, the, the sphere of influence 
wherever you come, that ground is holy and the people that come in contact within that, that circle will be influenced with the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is right there in their midst. When he said that, man, I don't know, so, so a breakthrough, huh? something happened. It, it blew my mind. And I finally understood the concept of identity. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I had been a Christian for like 30 something years, 34 years or something like that. So, you know, it's not because you, you, you know God and I knew God. I knew his word and uh, I, I was not a, how can I say? Baby Christian. I was not a baby Christian. I was not a, a unread or un, mm-hmm. uh, unf- I, did, I had a solid biblical foundation. But there were still things I didn't understand. And I think the greatest of those things and the most important of those things was about identity. So, yes, I wanted to share that with you guys. And Liz, you want to talk about your encounter with the kingdom? Yeah. So um, I'm from a Pentecostal background. Well, more like Protestant. Um, Not, you know, that I didn't go to a very charismatic church, but I did. I was aware of, you know, speaking in tongues and uh, different things like that, um, hearing prophetic words to the to the service and different things like that. So I wasn't completely, um, you know, ignorant to these things, that how the Holy Spirit moved and our church believed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and healing and all that. Um, but um, I my my father uh, also embraced Baptist uh, theology and we did go to Baptist churches and different places in the summer. So um, I ended up going to Bible college in the Baptist religion. And so I was able to experience both and see how, you know, what they believed and learn theology and doctrine from, from both sides. So that was a bit of my background. But, you know, when I just for, for years and years, um, you know, I walked as a Christian. I, I did, you know, the, the Christian thing, you know, and um, I didn't feel as though God was really present and alive in my everyday life in the sense that I knew he was there. I knew he loved me. You know, I read his word, but it's sort of like I felt like, you know, you read his word and and everything is sort of, sort of disconnected. Like you're you're praying and you know that God hears you, but you don't see him fully present working in your life. And, um, you know, manifestations of all kinds of things happen. And then you're wondering, you know, when uh, you know, life happens and all kinds of things happen. And it's difficult. You wonder where God is. And, um, you know, we we had tapped into kingdom, but ignorantly in, yeah. in certain occasions where the Lord blessed us and we we're all excited. And we you were like, we want more of that. But, but we what, didn't know how to get that that one prayer out of four that's answered with power and glory. And you're like, what did I say? How come you answered that? How time? do I replicate that? You know, and so <laughs> so. Yeah, a lot of that was kind of like, you know, we look at we look at this now and we go, you know, we were kind of like we were operating in kingdom faith, but we didn't know, you know, what exactly we did and what exactly we didn't do on the other times for our prayers not to get answered and this that. So there was a few times, you know, where we really saw like powerfully that God had his favor on us, you know, that we, um, for example, uh, you know, we ended up um, buying a house at a ridiculous price and uh another lady had already put a cash down on it and it was like 98 percent hers and god intervened and worked everything for us like uh her offer fell her through. offer fell through and, and everything then, happened boom, like at the clock night. of midnight and it was just wonderful and we ended house. up getting that house which was I, our first I house i remember you told me we're 
I remember she prayed and she says, we're getting that house. Yeah, I really had faith and I really knew that God wanted this for us and that we were going to have a family in this house. And and I, I really could feel it in, in, in my gut, in my soul. It's like God just confirmed it inside of me. And that's exactly what happened. So we tapped into it, but we didn't understand kingdom laws and we didn't understand how any of this worked. The power of the tongue, we didn't understand. Yeah. We were very negative people. So, so it was. So, a, yeah. So when things didn't go very yeah. well in our lives or we had difficulty financially, you know, then we would say stuff that not, it, it wasn't against God, but, you know, it was just like it would stating, stating things that were in the present of the situation that were negative and we didn't realize that by doing that we were kind of reinforcing it to stay in our lives and not uh, get out of it right so you want to talk you want to bring forth and speak what you want in your environment what you want to happen not what is uh, so it's a very different way of doing things and and understanding the power of the tongue you kind of bite your tongue you know when you have anything negative to say and yeah. we, we talk a lot about that in our, our broadcast and our podcast and we will be talking a lot about that so anyhow so all this to say is that when i finally understood kingdom and i started listening to kingdom uh teachings and all that i was like oh my goodness like where has this been for the last 30 <laughs> years of my life like you know um, well, it's well, so weird not 30 but let's say 25 years of my life i was like but it's so weird because it's nothing new it's in the bible it's just that we we kind of read through it and we don't we just don't get it yeah the, the, the light just doesn't go on and, and i know for some of you you're thinking well i know about the kingdom of god see because i thought i knew about the kingdom i of thought god. i knew about the kingdom and of god. and i was like you know i had gone to bible college i knew my bible i had read my bible i had you know studied my bible and and for me this kingdom of god concept was one day when i die all the rewards and everything i've been doing on earth that that's waiting for me when i when in i heaven, die and i'm going someday to when i die that's the kingdom of god and i had no idea that we could work and partner with god and have this relationship where we are constantly in communication in everyday life and everything that we're doing that he cares about everything he cares about the car you drive he cares about the the pets that you own I mean, I have a kingdom dog. It's our my, top dog. My, our top dog. My, you know, the Lord uh, showed us his powerful, like he just showed us his favor to teach a lesson of kingdom faith for my children. And and it came through do, through this story. And I shared on my remember, podcast about God's episode? favor. It was God's favor episode. We God's did. favor. Yeah. You You'll see it at thrivingonpurpose.com. Thrivingonpurpose.com. Yeah. And you can God's hear favor. the whole story about that. And so it was really a, a testimony of faith really teaching my kids about kingdom faith, how to apply activated faith and, and uh, God's favor and all the elements that we had learned that the Lord had taught us um, to, to, you know, see your prayers get answered and uh, you see the, the goodness of God. And I'm not saying, you know, that if you pray for something that's completely ridiculous that you're going to get it. But, you know, for us, it was really something that, um, that my kids really, really wanted for a long time. And um, in the situation that we were in with COVID and all that, it was just a blessing. And, you know, the Lord smiles upon us and he cares about every detail. He cares about everything that you you need, that you want, everything that you need for your ministry. Um, and so, you know, we started changing our language. Like many times, uh, you know, I had an old rusty caravan before mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that was even even in that state, that was our kingdom car. That was our kingdom van. And, uh, you know, we 
we prayed over that and we asked God to, to provide for us. And he did, he provided the finances. We were able to change that, that caravan to something better. And it's still our kingdom, kingdom van. And we still refer to it that way. And it's our royal carriage. Yeah. And so, you know, so many things happened that I was able to practice um, how to apply kingdom faith into so many things that we saw in the little things that God really, really does care about everything that we care about. And, you know, he's going to show you um, different things. He's going to partner with you in your business and your ministry and really guide you. And um, there's so many things that, you know, he shared with us through a podcast that we poured our, our, our hearts into and that, you know, was really uh, him giving us kingdom revelation. There's so much uh, meat in those podcasts. So I encourage you to go to thrivingonpurpose.com and listen to them. Uh, there's 94 podcasts. You're going to get a really good foundation of what we've been learning in kingdom. And there's so much we keep on learning. And so we're going to be sharing more and more in this uh, broadcast. So absolutely. You want to continue. So, yeah. So, the, so the kingdom of God, and we've got in the, in the new Testament, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is found mostly in Matthew. And it's interesting because um, I did a little research and I was trying to figure out, are the two one and the same? And, and they are in a way, because some of the parables in Matthew that use kingdom of heaven are actually under kingdom of God in other uh, synoptic gospels. So, but at the same time, Miles Monroe uh, said that, and I think he had a point. He said, the kingdom of heaven is the place. That's the place. That's the, the actual kingdom where God resides and all the glory is and where we're going to end up someday in heaven. So that's the kingdom itself. Uh, the kingdom of God is God's government emanating from that place into the earth realm. So that's the kingdom of God. So it's how that kingdom when you are a citizen of it, operates in the earth realm. So as believers, it is crucial for us to understand how the kingdom of God operates. And the kingdom of God operates by laws that are set forth in his creation that believers obviously can tap in when they tap into the supernatural through the Holy Ghost. We get access to the, uh, the, the lion's share of the kingdom. But there are still uh, parts of those laws that are still available to all of creation because he is good. Uh, so, but I won't get into all the nitty gritty details today because I just want to talk about, first of all, our kingdom awakening and others, other stuff that I want to share with you guys. Uh, so obviously, what, what's hard for us as, as uh, believers who uh, may have not understood Jesus's obsession with the kingdom of God because Jesus was obsessed with it. Yeah. If you read uh, Mark, Matthew, and Luke, it's all over. That's all he spoke about. The kingdom of God is like the king. What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? Uh, and here's what the kingdom of God is. Uh, and boom, 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 boom. Always giving illustrations and parables of what the kingdom of God is. And the whole time he's talking about the kingdom of God that's inside of you and also, how it's working in the earthly yes. realm most of the times you read the scriptures, you're like, oh my gosh, it makes such another sense because oh the God. whole scripture, when you read it, you know, and didn't understand this theology, you're reading it thinking he's talking about heaven. He's talking about when we die and we're going to heaven, the kingdom of God. But there's so much to understand differently that 
the New Testament takes a whole new life. And, you know, one of the realizations is that, you know, the verse that says that the kingdom of God has to be preached before the end shall come. And we're like, nobody's preaching it. (laughs) Nobody's talking about it. Like, if a few it's, people are it's in the, starting now. We're, yeah, we're seeing it trend. A few people it's are trending. in the prophetic, I would say, in the prophetic ministries. So, you know, they're more in tune to that. But so many other churches are completely clueless. And, and that's so what, that gives a huge po- population that have no clue, that are even Christians, that have no clue about the kingdom of God. And that's what struck a chord with me. I was like, okay, wait a minute. Wait, time out. Jesus was obsessed with it. And we barely hear anything about it in church, except when they're reading from a parable of Jesus where he mentions the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So so for me, that was a big shift also. Uh, I was like, okay, wait, if, if the Lord was obsessed with it, including after his death and resurrection for 40 days on the earth, he taught the disciples mm-hmm. about the kingdom of God still before he ascended to heaven. So like, if it was that important to our Lord, there has to be something that I'm missing here. So I delve deep and I delve deep. I'm still living. You, you know, there's no, I don't think there's, there's anybody, no end. <laughs> I, there's no end. I, I don't think there's anybody I know, all, even the best preachers, even the best teachers who can tell you, I know everything there is to know about the kingdom. I'm good. Mm-mm. I know all of it. No, because this kingdom it's, it's mind blowing. It's so vast. And we're so limited in our understanding. So we obviously, it's a spiritual kingdom. So we need the Holy Spirit, not only to, to live in it, not only to activate it, but to understand it as well. Because the problem is we've been traumatized by the earth curse system. Even as believers, and and that's the thing, as believers, when you're living in the earth curse system, and we are, we all are, and you're not, uh, you're not, uh, how can I, walking in the spirit. We're not always walking in the spirit, right? Uh, So, we have a day job. We have stuff that we need to do. And it's hard sometimes to just walk in the spirit when we're doing these mundane things. And as a result, we get traumatized by the, the, the kingdom of this world, which is contrary to the kingdom of heaven. And, and what I mean by traumatized is that we become so uh, used to doing the things according to the system of this world that when we learn of kingdom and we know we need to shift and change the way we do things by operate by new spiritual laws that are going to make our lives different and, and uh, that are going to uh, enhance our lives and enhance the lives of others and make us impactful for the kingdom of God, we realize that, okay, now I really have to go against my flesh, against uh, this fallen world system, against everything I have known thus far in order to really tap into this kingdom because it, it's it's really not the way I've known. And also a thing that affects us, a thing that I've realized that affected my prayer life was that trauma. Because when you're not walking according to the kingdom of God and the spirit, that's when you get many of those prayers that are not done in faith, that are lacking uh, a connection. Mm. That, that these prayers that go unanswered, that traumatizes us as well. And it's not because God is not good. And it's not because he doesn't want to answer our prayers. But it's because we didn't tap into the element, the, the, the currency that enables us to get from heaven the answer that we need. And that currency is faith. Oftentimes, we don't have an, a, a mustard seed faith. We have less than that. 
And as a result, we don't we just don't get those prayers answered. And that traumatizes us in our walk with God. Then then we're we're um it's a it's also like, a, like a, a shift a, a bird with a broken wing kind of thing. Yeah, and it's also about, you know, there's like you said, you know, there's the religious religious spirit in churches that kind of do some brainwash with us through years of oh, listening yeah. to certain things because they don't understand kingdom. It's not their fault. It's not their fault. They're teaching but, what they understand from the scriptures. So what it does is it alters your mindset to thinking in a certain way. And then all of a sudden you're, you're thinking you're in faith. You're thinking you have faith because mm -hmm. your heart says, you know, I, yes, I believe God can do this, but you're not really understanding that you're not really in that faith mode because there's other um, neg there's other beliefs that you have concerning God that aren't, um, how should I say this, that aren't right. For and example, it's not, his, his goodness, his, yeah. his fa the fatherhood of God, that you're his child and that he really wants to give it to you. Yeah, so there's little beliefs there that need to be changed, need to be tweaked because, you know, if I ask you, do you really believe God is good? Most of you are going to say yes. But then if I ask you those questions that confirm it most of you won't really believe he's good. Well, well yeah so you know so there was a lot of things that were like wow you know i didn't realize that by believing this thing about god or that uh he was causing this and this on the earth i was hindering my faith yes i was stopping blessing from coming to me because my my belief wasn't shifted into kingdom alignment into kingdom thoughts and really truly 100 percent believing every promise that the Lord says in the, in the Bible, because I hadn't seen it happen in my life. So you, you, you kind of read it and go, yeah, I believe it, but you kind of believe it for somebody else. Yeah. You know, you don't really believe it for you. And when you apply the, the kingdom faith and, and ask, you know, ask God for a certain thing, that's when you realize that, you know, especially in the beginning, uh, I don't even think I have kingdom. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't have that mustard seed faith. I just realized that no, in this area, I can't even pray for this yet. Yeah. I have to work my faith. I have to keep on listening to his promises, reading them out loud. I have to work my faith, you know? Yeah, and I, and I like how you how you put this, that, for example, ask any believer concerning any one thing, do you think God can do this? They'll all say yes. So apparently they have faith. But now mm -hmm. if you ask them, do you believe he will do it for you? Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Usually it's... Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you would do that for me. And, and we're taught, I, I remember being taught that and believing that and teaching it myself. That there's only three, uh, three answers to prayer that God gives. Yes, no, or wait. And uh, although this sounds theologically sound, there are a lot of loopholes there or problems with that, that theory. When a prayer is done in faith, Jesus said, anything you ask in faith, believing... That thing shall be done. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, that's yes. And, and uh, so, even even the even the how can I put this? Even the candy of God. Um, if if you if you have a desire in your heart, I mean, God wants to please us, I, and I, I'm, you know, He wants to bless us because He loves us like a good father. And if we're walking in obedience, He wants to bless us like any parent with their child. And when you understand the fatherhood of God, you. It, First of all, it's kind of perverse of us to think that we're better parents than God. See, Jesus reminds us of that fact when he says, you who are evil know how to give good things to your children. How much more God, who is perfect, 
will he not give you a good thing when you ask for it? And, and we, we, we think we, we know what we're willing to do for our kids. And yet when it comes to God, we kind of have the perverse thinking that, well, if he doesn't give me that, even if it's a good thing, even if I want it, even if I pray, if I pray for it, if he withholds it from me, it, it must be for a reason. And yes, there are instances where that happens and I, I'm not denying that, but if it's really a good thing and you're in full faith, it's going to happen. It is going to happen. He's going to, he's going to grant it. He's, it's going to happen. Oh, so before we keep going, I just want to uh, share with you a, a part of an article I found online written by Douglas S. Winnale. And he's talking about the, the misconceptions of believers and the kingdom of God. And I like the way he wrote this. He said, most professing Christian churches today believe they are following the instructions of Jesus to go into all the world and preach the gospel, which is the instruction given to us in the Great Commission in Mark and uh, Matthew. Many sincere efforts have been made to preach a nice-sounding message that God loves everyone, Jesus died to save sinners, and, I, and that by accepting Jesus as your Savior, you will go to heaven. All good things, by the way. However, what most professing Christians do not realize is that they have accepted a different gospel than Jesus and the apostles proclaimed. And that is so important. And, and that's what we're getting in uh, this, this season. And I'm seeing a, a, a spike in kingdom teaching. And Miles Monroe died in, in 2011 or 2012. Yeah, I think 2012. I'm not sure. And uh, there were other kingdom teachers out there i'm not saying there there, there weren't any others but I'm, I'm seeing more come to the forefront now slowly we're seeing the message of the kingdom coming back anyway I, I'm, I'm getting uh, i'm veering off i want to continue reading this so he says bible prophecies reveal the gospel of jesus would be corrupted the world would be deceived into believing a false gospel remember the word gospel means good news okay so you can have False good news, because Jesus called it the good news of the kingdom. So it's a very specific thing that he's talking about. But the true gospel would be restored and proclaimed just before the return of Jesus Christ, like Elizabeth was sharing earlier. Those prophecies are coming alive today. The true gospel is, it is the it is eye-opening to compare the gospel Jesus proclaimed with the gospel preached in most churches today. And that is so true. The gospel that Jesus proclaimed was the gospel of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. It was his, his, his mandate. It was his thing. It was the, the, the message that he preached and preached. And he even said, I think it's in Luke, he says that he was sent for that purpose to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. And I, I just want to say this, you know, for those listening that are kind of, you know, I, I know that you're wondering what all this means. You know, it's kind of hard for some of you maybe to understand what we're talking about because we're not getting into a, a particular subject of how to apply your faith for a certain thing or whatnot. But, um, you know, the importance, the, the, the main reason why Jesus kept talking about it is because, you know, um, he knew he was on earth for a certain time and even once he, you know, he died and he resurrected, he knew it was accomplished. And, uh, you know, most of us think that when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, it was mainly for us to be able to go to heaven, which is true. 
that's a huge part. You know, we can't have salvation without that. But everything else was restored that was lost and broken because of the sin of Adam and Eve. And so when you dive deep into what exactly was restored, that's when you understand how much God has really given us back by mm -hmm. offering Jesus and by him dying on the cross for our sins. So, so that's why we're able to live victoriously. Mm -hmm. And, you know, will we have, you know, things happen in our lives sometimes that, you know, we, we may live perse persecution, you know, like Jesus did. Uh, we won't, you know, not live that. Um, there are things that, you know, that are difficult in our walk as well. I'm not saying that you're not going to live any of those things, but he is always there to help you go through these things victoriously. And that's the, the, the main difference is that he's always holding your hand and you see him um, do all kinds of wonderful things in your life that you know it's him. You know mm. it's not anything else but him. Absolutely, Liz. Uh, I like what you just shared. Uh, so uh, the gospel, uh, Jesus did not go around asking people to give their hearts to the Lord and say a short prayer so that they could be saved. So what the, the author of this article is saying is that the gospel we hear most of the time is a uh, the good news of salvation. Mm-hmm. And it is good news. Let's be honest. It's great news. But it's not the gospel of the kingdom. It's not the good news of the kingdom of God. See, the good news of salvation is what gets you in the kingdom. So it's a part, but it's not the whole good news. And, and that's what Jesus uh, was so eager and so passionate about preaching. It's, and he adds this. The article finishes saying, numerous scriptures plainly record the clear message that Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the kingdom of God is at hand repent and believe in the gospel so see today we preach we preach to repent we preach to repent but the gospel of the kingdom we because we, we, we basically call the, the gospel of salvation or, or the repentance that gets you saved we call that Jesus dying on the cross opening the door you know becoming that door. We preach the door. We preach that. But we don't preach what's on the other side of the door. Everything else that comes with that tremendous privilege, yes. uh, incredible blessing, uh, the good news of the kingdom uh, that Jesus was so eager and, and had such passion to preach and use in all of his, uh, not all, but many of his parable teachings. So obviously, I'm not going to go into all the scriptures where he mentions the kingdom of God. We'd be here all night, and that's not the whole point. But the point is, it was his, his obsession. We can clearly, we can say this. Jesus was obsessed with telling us about the kingdom of God, and he was obsessed even after he died. In Luke 18.8, Jesus says, uh, there's a, a very in interesting verse. He says, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on the earth? Now, that's the way we read the verse in most of our Bible translations. So it says, when the Son of Man comes back, or comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, there's something interesting. I did a little studying, okay? Take up any uh, Greek interlinear Bible and look that passage up. It's very interesting. This, unfortunately, and there are some, like, it's it's normal. In our Bible, there are mistranslations. It's normal. And I'm not saying our Bibles are not trustworthy. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm saying this. This passage, 
there is a slight mistranslation that found its way within it that kind of uh, gives us not a clear understanding of what is meant here. And it's really interesting because in the Greek, there's a tiny little word, an article. It's the word, and I, and I can't, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I think it's pronounced ten or ten, T-E with a, a little bar on it, the E. And that word from the Greek is, is usually translated in our English Bibles as the, the. So the passage should read like this. When the Son of Man comes, will he find the faith on the earth? The faith. As in the ultimate faith, the real faith, the true faith on the earth. It doesn't say faith. People believe in all kinds of things. They have faith in all kinds of stuff today, good or bad. So, so it's not about will he find faith on the earth. Of course, there's faith on the earth, not, not the faith. See, that's the thing. Will he find the faith? So, uh, so where am I? <laughs> so I believe the faith has to be founded. The faith. When Jesus says the faith, it has to be founded on the proper gospel. And that proper gospel is the good news of the kingdom of God. The gospel that he came to teach. The gospel that after he died and rose again and spent 40 days on the earth teaching his disciples. He was re-emphasizing the kingdom of God. The gospel of the kingdom. Making sure that when he would depart, that they would ha have this down pat, that they'd be able to, to carry on his legacy by teaching properly what he wanted them to understand so desperately. And that's the thing that we kind of missed. And, and now we're, we're what, we're 41 minutes in, wow. <laughs> so what I wanted to share with you guys and what Liz wanted to share with you guys is basically uh, points of what life before and life after the kingdom is like. Life before and after the kingdom. And, and you're going to see what I mean by kingdom because we, we call it kingdom. But it's just a name. It's just a tag we put on it. Because it's just basically faith. It's, it's the faith that Jesus came to teach. It's, it's Christianity. It's the way it should look like. Okay. So I'm going to share number one. Liz, you want to share number two or do you, or you just want to just read your, and I'll All right. Let's, let's just get through this because it's already getting late, guys. I don't want to keep you too long. But hey, so number one, and you guys might want to take some notes because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. You might, you might have noticed that I like to teach. So you might want to take some notes. There's some good stuff here coming for you. There's always bullet points you can jot down <laughs> when he teaches. I do bullets. Okay. Before my, and I'm talking about in first person, okay? Because that's how it was for me. And maybe you guys are going to identify. I'm pretty sure you guys are going to identify to at least two, three, four, maybe eight points. Before my kingdom awakening, I thought that being saved and evangelizing was the whole point of my purpose here on earth. After my kingdom awakening, I understood that my salvation was only the beginning of my true and purposeful journey on earth, here on earth. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, that tells us that the purpose of salvation is to make us usable 
by God for his kingdom purposes. The, the passage says, by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. So that clears the gospel of salvation part, okay? For we are his workmanship. Now there, here comes kingdom. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there's a purpose that is very grandiose for anybody who comes to Christ. And the, so, so your purpose is, and I used to believe that, and, and shame on me, because it's kind of sad when you think about it. That's why I was so joyless as a believer for a long, a long time. That I was put on earth. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm, I'm vile and gross before God. And I needed to repent and be saved in Jesus Christ. And after that, glory, hallelujah. Someday when I die, I'm going to heaven. That was basically what I believed. And that's when I would talk to people and try to recruit them in the kingdom. That's the approach I had. So obviously, it wasn't that appealing. Because they saw this guy that they, the day before had uh, looked so miserable and sad. And today he's talking to me about his Bible and Jesus. And I'm not sure I want anything to do with that God. He says, that guy doesn't want to <laughs> Have anything to add to that pointless? No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, before my kingdom awakening, I continuously longed for heaven someday. After my kingdom awakening, I understood that I was given the authority to bring heaven down here and now. You know, we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we are told by Jesus in Matthew 16, verse 19. Jesus says this to Peter after his confession. He says, I will give you, not just Peter, but the, the disciples, everybody who believes, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's tremendous authority. And Liz talked about restoration earlier. She said, she said that God, when, when Christ came, he came to restore all things. Although all things are not quite yet restored in the physical, in the spiritual they are. Mm -hmm. All things are restored in the spiritual. And the, the physical will come. It's, it's, it's going to come soon enough. Number three. Anything you want to add to that? No, that's the fun part. The fun part, but that's when you realize, that's when I realized that it's hard to wait for certain things to manifest in the physical and there's a waiting period sometimes. And, uh, and I realized that, you know, sometimes we kind of undo what we've been praying for just by, you know, yeah. that wait period kind of not sticking to it and really staying in that belief and in faith for that thing that you're, you know, um, that you requested from God, or it could be healing. It could be, you know, sometimes some healings are instant. Sometimes uh, there's, there's more to it. Yeah, uh, And I've heard all kinds of testimony. There's the instant yeah. ones that are like, boom, uh, 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 you almost see the, the, the arm go back or it's, it's like mind blowing. And there's other times when the person's in faith and they, they, they pray and they really believed and, and they know that they got their healing, but it didn't manifest yet. And there's that waiting period. Sometimes, sometimes it takes two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. And boom, they get up one morning and, hey, my back pain's gone. Or, 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 
whatever else that they were waiting for. Sometimes it's, it's for finances. Uh, there's all kinds of things you, you may be praying for. And so that for me, that was uh, that was really wonderful to, to see that those things manifest in our life and to just be patient and wait on God and just keep on believing and, uh, and applying our faith in that way and and not undoing things with our words to really, you mm -hmm. know, just stick with it no matter how you feel. And of what you see in the physical realm. So basically what Liz is saying is, is when in doubt, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number three, you guys are going to love this one. Before my kingdom awakening, I thought my prayers depended solely on God's good graces. After my kingdom awakening, I understood that they depend on the strength of my faith. Big difference. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 27 to 30, it says, And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. And in Matthew uh, chapter 21, verse 22, we read, and, in, uh, and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Whatsoever. That means what, Liz? Whatsoever. Anything. 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 That you will ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So it, it, is, it is your currency. So you got you got you got a currency that's going to give you heaven heaven's glory coming down to earth in your own personal life in the lives of others when when people heal other people you you make heaven come down to earth and if the currency you use is the faith you have according to your faith it it shall be done to you number 4 before my kingdom awakening, I was always waiting for God to show up. Remember those years, Lizzie? Yeah. We were in dire straits financially. We were in all kinds of trouble, all kinds of problems. Liz would, would tell me, so what are you doing about it? Are you praying about it? I said, God knows my needs. I'm just waiting for God to show up. Yeah. It sounded really faithful. I, I, was, I was so full of, I was so spiritual. And I, I was like so confident in God. But no, I was completely missing the point of understanding what prayer meant and what prayer is all about. So before my kingdom awakening, I was always waiting for God to show up. After my kingdom awakening, you guys are going to love this. After my kingdom awakening, I understood that the whole time he was waiting for me to show up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's actually something we need to do. <laughs> Quite a few things. <laughs> Isaiah, when he had his uh, heavenly vision in Isaiah chapter 6, he heard the Lord say, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And that's a powerful, and I'm not going to get into it too long of a tangent here, but that verse alone is so powerful. It makes you understand the, the dominion that God has given men. God is saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? What are you saying, Lord? Can't you just go yourself? Why don't you send an angel? No, he has to have partnership in the earth realm with a man or more than one man, but at least one man. Why? 
because he gave his word, his word, God cannot break his word in Genesis when he said that he gave man dominion. I give you dominion over all. And that sealed the deal. From that point on, partnership had to be because God will, it's not because God cannot, it's because God, the thing that God cannot do is break his own word. Like if there's one thing that he can't do, it's break his own word. And when he gave man dominion, he meant it. Yeah, and, so, a, so a lot of people are taught, right yeah, and a lot of people are taught in church that we lost all of that when Adam and Eve sinned, right? And so they kind of walk around defeated and, and Christ and, came to and restore thinking all that. that they're at the, the mercy of if God will do this for them or will do that for them. And, you know, they're just like these sinful beings that shouldn't that, ask that, anything that plead, of God. That plead right? the mighty Lord above have, you know, and it's. It, and that's it, not what God wants for us. When you're when you're not saved, there's one time I believe that you should do that mm -hmm. kind of prayer. It's when you're not saved. Mm -hmm. Approach the throne of God with fear and trembling. OK, and then ask for forgiveness of your sins. But once you receive that, you're a son now. You approach the throne boldly, like uh, I think it's the book of Hebrews that says that. Uh, anyway, Isaiah says, uh, uh, and I said, Isaiah says that, and I said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. I'll go, I'll do it. And and I started having fun with, it's, it's funny that I said it. I started having fun with prayer in my relationship with God. Now I, I, I dare ask him, Lord, what can I do for you today? Because I understand that it it's up to me now. He it's you know I wait on him, but he waits on me as well. And when I come up to him, I really feel like, Lord, I, I really want to serve you today. I love you. Is there anything I can do for you? Any just show me, show me anything. I'll, I'll do it. Okay, number five. Before my kingdom awakening, I thought I was made for heaven, but stranded here on earth. Anybody can identify with that? After my kingdom awakening, I understood that I was made for earth and made to exercise my king's dominion in this realm. And, and that's the way I was living my Christian life. I thought, well, you know, the Bible says that uh, I'm an alien here. I, uh, and I always felt like, of course, as a believer, you feel like you don't belong. I mean, I, the world, the devil, the demons, the... You feel like you're not in the right place, mm -hmm. but you got to get sure. that out of your mind. That's where God wants you. In fact, if you're a believer, that's really where God wants you. Because guess what? You're part of the body of Christ. So you're part of the part of Jesus that is walking the earth right now. You're part of that body. So he really, really wants you here. <laughs> so he doesn't want you in heaven yet. Yeah, you have a part to play. He's not, he's not done with you. <laughs> a lot to do. <laughs> he's not done with you. you see, and, and I used to think, oh, I really belong in heaven, but I'm stuck here right now. Yeah. And, you know, the, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about understanding kingdom is, you know, when you don't understand it, you really think that your whole life here is just to witness to other people about God, which is important. But you just feel like, OK, well, what else is there? You know, well, yeah. why, why else? What is my purpose? And it kind of doesn't make sense to us in our spirit. 
and we're thinking, well, I don't want to be here because I just want to be with Jesus. Yeah. I just want to live all these wonderful things and experience God in heaven. And so when you understand kingdom and you understand that partnership, you really feel like you're partnering with God, that he's your father and that you're his son and daughter. It takes a whole new light of what our responsibilities yeah. are as ambassadors of Christ, as, as his, uh, his children. There's so much that he wants to do through us on this earth to have an impact on the, in this world. And so it gets exciting. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's your Christian like, life wow. takes on a whole, a whole new flavor of excitement every morning. It's like, what's God, what's God going to do today? What's he going to do today? And, and you're in constant expectation of, of fantastic things happening in your life because, oh man, there's so much to say. So little time. Uh, <laughs> For example, David. David understood kingdom uh, when he was told he would become king. He was anointed. He was like, what, 15 years old, 17 years old, maybe was like a teen. And, and, and then he encountered Goliath not too long after that. What made him so bold? Well, there, of course, everybody says, well, his faith. He had great faith in God. Yeah, but why did he have great faith in God? He knew he was going to be king. Mm -hmm. God told him, you're going to be king. Hey. I ain't king yet. I ain't dying today. I ain't king yet. Even if this guy's nine foot tall, I'm not dying today. All right, come on, bring it. <laughs> because he knew he believed God's word for his life. He believed that prophetic word he got. Anyway, there's so much about kingdom that we could go on. So many tangents. Uh, number six, before my kingdom awakening, I always thought of myself as a lowly servant of Christ. Lowly. Master, what can I do for you today? Don't strike me. <laughs> okay, I'm exaggerating. That's not really how I thought of myself, but you know, you know what I mean. After my kingdom awakening, you know when I said earlier that it, it restores your identity? And that is the most crucial part of understanding the kingdom of God the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. It, it, it restores your identity. After my kingdom awakening, I realized my identity as an exalted son of God. Oh, what a difference. What a difference. Living for God as a lowly servant and shifting to an exalted son. And, and that, that principle, I'm not inventing anything here. That's in the Bible. Uh, Jesus showed us this truth in the parable of the prodigal son. It's so well explained. When the son comes back, having done everything he's done, and the father restores him, we talked about restoration. He restores him as a prince. The robe, the ring, the sandals, the fatted calf, the feast. Wow. That's quite the restoration. It's, it's not, he's not welcome back as a servant. Although the son in his mind is thinking, I'm just going to tell him I'm going to be a servant. I want to tell him I'm going to be a servant. And then if he takes me back, I'm lucky. And the father had other plans. And that's the same with us. He has other plans. Oh my goodness. He wants sonship for us. And sonship com comes with so many privileges. It's so amazing. Amen. Numbers. Amen. <laughs> Number seven. Before my kingdom awakening, I thought the gospel or good news was the good news of salvation. We talked about that quite a bit. 
after my kingdom awakening, I understood that the good news was about the kingdom. It's about restoration, not just salvation. It's about a king, a kingdom, and its citizens. It's the good news of the kingdom restored in the hearts of men. And it is such good news. It is transformative, transformative. So for 40 days, like I said earlier, Jesus stayed on the earth and he taught the disciples about one thing, the kingdom of God. In Acts chapter 1, verse 3, we read, After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Notice it doesn't say he spoke about the kingdom of God and how to serve or how to do that. No, spoke about the kingdom of God. The one, the one thing that he was obsessed, he was still after his death and resurrection, still, that's still the nail I want you guys to hammer. <laughs> you guys get this? You got it? Okay, 40 days. You got it? Okay, I'm, I'm going to the Father now. I'm going to send you the counselor, the Holy Ghost, and you're going you're gonna to become my body. And you're going to walk the earth. Amazing. Anything to add? Um, sorry, I had a thought that came to me. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, that's that's one of the, the most important things to, to remember about um, all the points. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think like, you know, if you're listening to this broadcast, this is all very new to you. And, you know, we're going to do a lot of broadcasts where we're going to dive deep and we're going to talk about applying kingdom faith. And we're going to talk about um, how to, to see these things come alive. But, you know, the, the wonderful thing about all this is this personal personal relationship with the Lord. And, you know, I found myself kind of going on a treasure hunt to discover all kinds of things with him where there was revelation, where I would, you know, apply these things and really um, put them into practice and and dig deep and and really want to like thirst to understand these things. And the Lord, you know, would show me all kinds of things. There are all kinds of revelations and different things that I experienced that I had never experienced before. Like I'd hear, uh, you know, like two word sentences, like it, it was like an angel would whisper in my ear. I would hear, you know, revelation is coming or, um, you know, Solomon start here. Solomon start here. Yeah. She woke up one morning uh, and I'm growing. And it would just no, it would just repeat, repeat, repeat during the night. Solomon start here. No, but and you it, you I would wake up and, and you'd go like Solomon start here. <laughs> I'm not Solomon. No, no, you don't understand. I heard Solomon start here. I say, okay, so I'll start with Solomon. She says, that's what I'm gonna do. I said, go do it. <laughs> yeah, so there were different things like it, it was like I was at a, on a treasure hunt with the Lord where he would reveal certain things and and I would get these prophetic little words and messages where I knew something was coming a breakthrough or or this and that it, it gets exciting you know so really press in and and um, pray to God and ask him you know to tell him that you know you really want to learn these things and he's gonna show you he's so faithful and he's gonna really uh, bring you on this journey with him and you're gonna grow so much and learn so many things and uh, like we said, you know, we're we're never we're never done learning about the kingdom of God. We're always digging deep and always learning and, and discovering new treasures. And you can always always go deeper with God. You can you'll never while you're on earth, you'll never have found the the, the, the bottom. 
but it's an exciting journey and we uh, we really encourage you to to really ask God to show you these things and to reveal these things and he's faithful and continue following our broadcast we're going to be sharing a lot of teachings about the kingdom of God yeah and and, and I'm not done I have another point <laughs> but before I go to that eighth point the last point it reminded me of when I had my my dream prophetic dream I don't have many of those but I had that one and it was while I was researching kingdom I remember it was while I was um, looking into the teachings of Miles Monroe and understand deeper things of the kingdom and really, really savoring every every bit, every nugget I found. Uh, so I got that dream. I'm walking in a field and I find a treasure, but a big, huge chest. And the chest like rises up from the earth and opens up and it's a beautiful chest. And I know it's a treasure chest. And she was talking about treasure hunts. So it reminded me of that. The chest opens up and all I see is light coming, bursting forth from the chest. And I hear a voice behind me. One question. It said, are you all in? And the dream ended. Are you all in? And I remember at the time I thought I was all in. I mean, uh, every day I think I'm all in, but God shows me <laughs> always this. No, you're not all in. No, no, you're not all in. And, and actually, it's funny because I got a prophetic word not long ago. It says, you just only begun to tap in. <laughs> Take that. Huh? Anyway, uh, but that's the fantastic thing about God. You can always go deeper and he's going to take you uh, from glory to glory, from revelation to, to revelation, deep calls on to deep. And it's just going to be an amazing journey, a treasure hunt, like Elizabeth says, because a treasure hunt is fun because you know you're looking for a treasure, right? And so you get the good stuff. Number eight, before my kingdom awakening, I believed God only spoke to a select few and that miracles were rare. After my kingdom awakening, I understood that God speaks just as much today as he did in the days of the apostles and that miracles are not only normal, but to be expected. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again tonight. If you're in the church, that teaches cessationism. In other words, it teaches that uh, the, the, the miraculous gifts have, have stopped with the apostles. That's cessationism from cessation, ceasing. If you're in a church that teaches that doctrine, I highly recommend, no matter how much you're attached, how many friends you have there, how much you love your pastor, I recommend that you find a spirit-filled, mm. fully operating Kingdom of God church where they teach you that these things have not ceased and when you where you will see the speaking in tongues and the the miracles and the healings and even the raising of the dead that's still going on to this day it it and it's funny because the raising of the dead happens uh, more in foreign countries that hear the gospel for the first time they're not corrupt by religion mm. so these people hear the gospel for the first time they're on fire. Holy Ghost party. And that's where you see these incredible miracles because they don't have uh, doctrinal barriers yeah. or, or, or um, what do you call these when a horse is aware of these things that they're not see on the sides. Anyway. I forget the name. Yeah. So they don't have that. We have this through doctrine. Mm -hmm. And I think cessationism is a doctrine. And I don't want yeah. to say, but it's a you doctrine know. that, that, doesn't come from God and it's very 
very, it has hurt the church mm -hmm. and it has hurt so many believers in so many ways. You need to find yourself a Holy Spirit, full gospel church. That's what you need to find. And, and don't be afraid to, to venture out and ask the Lord, Lord, I have a conviction. I want to find myself. A church. Help me to find it. Help me. He will help you. He'll help you to find that, that place where people uh, will help your faith and, and, and stir it up. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that I realized, you know, that I was very blinded, um, very brainwashed and blinded by certain things of how to apply uh, my faith and, you know, what God was willing to do for me and what he wasn't willing to do for me. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, talk that is negative concerning God. And it, like I said, it's not because they um they just don't know better, but basically, you know, a lot of pastors are just trying to justify why people are not getting their prayers answered or why God yeah. is not, they're, they're not seeing healings happening in their church and, and things like that. So they have to find a reason to justify all that. Yeah. So that's when, you know, they just regurgitate the same things that they were taught the, in theological seminary. Theological gymnastics. Yeah. Yeah. And they just say the things, things that they were taught when they went to school and whatnot. And, um, and so I really encourage you the same thing, you know, um, to, to really seek for a church that believes in healing that believes in the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And, and you're going to see, you know, that your, your life come alive. It's just so yeah. important to learn these things. So, so I just want to close this teaching by saying, so we call it kingdom, right? You've heard us. We've been saying kingdom like 55 times during this broadcast. We call it kingdom theology or some people call it the prophetic. Heard that term, maybe the prophetic or the prophetic or um, Bethel theology. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> or word of faith, word of faith, which is a little bit more like 1970s, 1980s, or even 1960s charismatic Christianity or the Jesus people. There's all kinds of terms that we use to, uh, to, to, to try to put a, a tag on that to identify what that type of believing is. But here's the truth. We overcomplicate things, and that type of believing is simply very, it's very simple. It's called faith. It's called what the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus came to teach. It's it's called it's it's what we're called to believe because it's biblical. It's in the scriptures. Jesus even said uh, that those who believe would, would do greater things than he did. Wow. It's funny because that's the kind of passage I never heard a sermon about while mm -hmm. I was in a conservative church. I never, I, I don't recall anybody taking that passage. Today I'm going to teach you how we're, we're called to do greater things than Jesus. And um, my, my scripture is, no, they never mm -hmm. did that. Because why? Because it's something you don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole if you can't, if you can't wrap your theology around it and and you don't it 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 it, it blows or your as mind. A, or you as can't a pastor, if you can't do it, if you don't see healings you happen, see, you're praying for healings and it doesn't happen, then you know it's kind of hard for you to say that it works, right? Yeah, and here's what I've noticed about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman, the best gentleman you'll ever meet. He will never force himself where he is not welcome. Not ever. Mm -hmm. So if you're in a congregation that, for example, there, there's different. Uh, I, I when I did the, I did a study on uh, spiritual gifts and I found online all kinds of uh, 
lists of spiritual gifts. You know, some say there's 15, some say there's 17, some say there's 22, some say there's 25, 27. And here's what I've noticed. If you're in a congregation that believes there's 17 gifts, guess what? There's going to be 17 gifts in that congregation. And if you happen to be one of the believers who has the 18th gift, if you talk about it, you might not be welcome. So you might have to find a new church that will welcome that gift. You understand? The Holy Ghost, the, in other words, the he will give us according to our faith. The more we believe, the more we will be getting. So that I've noticed that. So in a different congregation, that's the, that's the way it works. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost shows up according to the room we make for him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've, I've seen that personally in our church uh, that I, that I grew up in, uh, you know, they believed in speaking in tongues and certain, you know, prophecies over the church. Uh, but we were never taught about uh, prophetic words about prophecy one-on-one. Um, there's a lot of things missing and it was a good Pentecostal church. It was one of the biggest in Quebec. Um, it, it was, I think at the time, the biggest, it was the second biggest. And uh, yeah. So we were like, there was like two really big churches in Quebec and they both pretty much be believe the same thing. Um, but we didn't see all of the, the manifestations of the Holy spirit. And even certain things that were happening in other churches were kind of, shunned upon and seen as oh we don't want to touch that because that may not be from god so when we have this kind of attitude then the holy spirit just doesn't um doesn't show up in that way mm -hmm. you know and so that's why there weren't any healings and certain things didn't didn't you know we didn't see the full manifestation of the holy spirit in the mm -hmm. church yeah. so anyhow so i i think we should close in well, prayer yeah. well i just wanted to finish that little part that basically this broadcast we called Kingdom Awakening. So obviously there's a personal awakening that, that each believer needs to come to terms. And it won't necessarily be as spectacular as it was. Like for, for me, it was such a big shift. Uh, but for others, like it, for Elizabeth, it was not as big a shift. I remember she was enthused. She was happy with the stuff I, I, I brought from my research. She was like, this is really interesting. We should learn more about it. But because she had been in a, in a church that embraced um, more of the Holy Spirit and more of, of, of these, this kind of uh, work of God, it wasn't as big a, a jump for her. For me, it was like a, you know, in the Olympics, when you, the perch, you run with the perch and you jump over it, like a huge <laughs> jump. For her, it was more like a, a little, well, little yeah, and <laughs> Yeah, in some churches, like I said, you know, they'll experience certain gifts of the Holy Spirit and they'll have invites, like they'll have guests that will, yeah. um, you know, have these healing anointings. And so they, they believe in it, but they don't really, um, it's not really present in their church because of certain beliefs, I guess, but certain ways of going about it. But um, we did have, you know, I did see t healings happen and all kinds of wonderful miracles happen even through other uh, guests and stuff. So what I wanted to close with is, is mm. what you mentioned earlier. Matthew 24, 14, where Jesus says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And man, when, when I heard that verse in, in context, 
Miles Monroe was teaching and he was saying, and that's why the, the end hasn't come because we haven't been teaching the gospel of the kingdom. We've been teaching another gospel. We've been teaching basically the gospel of salvation that gets people in the kingdom. Whoopoo, whoopee, great. But we have been teaching the gospel of the kingdom. And what's exciting right now with everything that's happening in the world, Man, there's chaos. <laughs> oh, that's another episode all to itself, or maybe a series of episodes uh, where we could go maybe through Matthew 24 and, and look at all that's happening. But that, that verse in Matthew 24 is fantastic because it's so encouraging because I know that as, as evil rises up, there's the good rising up too that's going with it. And God is doing a mighty thing in the church and the big C church, the, the worldwide church. There is a, a, a kingdom awakening right now where the gospel of the kingdom is bring, being preached right now. It's not just the gospel of salvation anymore. That, uh, and, and see the gospel. That's another, It reminds me of another story. I remember a pastor. See, when you preach the gospel of the kingdom, it's contagious. People love it. They cling to it with their lives because they've never heard anything like it. They've never seen anything like this. They've never felt anything like this. But when you preach the gospel of salvation, it's another story. Uh, I remember a pastor, I went to his church and he was, it was a great church in Quebec. He was telling the story that he was sending missionaries in Haiti. And the missionaries were preaching the, the gospel of salvation, the gospel that, you know, that we're most of us were taught and they were seeing that the, the, the people, the locals were going like, yeah, yeah. And the preachers were like, have you ever heard this? And they went like, yeah. How many times? They said many, many, many times. <laughs> so they noticed that the locals had become desensitized with the, the gospel of salvation. Because although it is the power of God, the, the, the power of God unto salvation, right? It, it, is, it, it wasn't preached in a way that came with raising of the dead, healing of the sick. They did see a lot of times when there's healings, there's automatic repentance and, and people getting in the kingdom. They're, they're, they're rushing for it, you know. Uh, but when there is no healing, when it's just the gospel of salvation. It can become redundant. And what ended up happening in that locality is that the locals, they did, they, they confessed, they, they did the, the confession thing. And then they went back doing voodoo two weeks later while the missionaries were back home in Canada. So when they would send other missionaries, it was all, it was to be redone completely all over again. Why? Because sad to say it was a powerless gospel. They didn't see the hand of God directly impacting their lives. And, and so they had a like a kind of a wake-up call, I guess you could say. Uh, it didn't change the way they, they preached or, under, or, or did their work, but they, they realized, oh, wait, there, there's something wrong here. They're going back to their, to basically their vomit, like the dog going back to his vomit, right? So that was a big, uh, a big lesson. But uh, all this to say, there's birth pangs. I, I feel, I, I believe we're in the birth pangs period right now. We're not in the tribulation yet. I don't think so. But we're, we're in the birth pangs. We're seeing an escalation 
in all kinds of things. And it's so exciting as believers right now because we are seeing the gospel of the kingdom finally coming back to the surface and, and, and preachers, teachers starting to teach the gospel of the kingdom, which has been missing from our theology, from our teachings for decades and centuries. Think about that. It started out, the disciples, they started out with the gospel of the kingdom, but it didn't take long. A couple centuries in, started, you know, we started tweaking the gospel, changing it. It wasn't the gospel of the kingdom anymore. It was another gospel. And for centuries on, we preached another gospel. I'm not saying a, a powerless gospel because there's been tremendous uh, saving grace from our Lord, saving thousands upon millions of individuals. Thank God, praise him for that. But the problem is they're saved, they get in the kingdom, but then they don't know what to do in the kingdom. They don't even know that they're, 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 this is a kingdom. It's basically, like I gave the illustration of the, the hotel lobby. Imagine the biggest hotel resort you can imagine. Imagine that's the kingdom of God. And imagine that the salvation, you know, Jesus calls himself the door. You get through that door when you, you, you reach the point of repentance and you're saved. You get through the door. You get in the lobby. You're in the lobby of the hotel. You're saved. Fantastic. Now what? Well, if only if what you were taught was the gospel of salvation, you're going to stay in the lobby. You know, you're going to eat some chips and watch the, the TV on, in the lobby and maybe have some coffee. Talk to the person at the counter once in a while and... That's going to be your Christian life. Then you're going to die and finally realize, oh, my goodness, I was missing all that. The, the pool <laughs> with the slides and the golf course and, the, and, and the, the room service and the amazing suite with the gigantic hot tub. And oh, my goodness. Well, that's the kingdom of that's the kingdom. And that and that is the, the, such an important component of the good news because it is good news. I'm talking too much. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that you were blessed by this teaching and that this really awakened uh, you to the kingdom awakening. Yes, yes, to the the kingdom of God and how to see your faith in a different light. And we're going to be talking about so many things uh, in the upcoming broadcast that are really going to be uh, amazing for you guys to to listen to to really build up your faith and uh, to really walk with God. And um, so we'll end in prayer. Wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait. Prayer? Okay. Yeah. Let's go with prayer. Let's go with <laughs> prayer. So I thought she was going to end like. Yeah. So I just want to pray for those that um, are listening to this message. Father God, um, you know, some may have, you know, been curious about the kingdom of God and have been thirsting to, to know more of you and, you know, uh, haven't experienced you in their lives, uh, you know, in, in their everyday lives. And I just pray, Father, for these people. I pray um, that you would just awaken um, their spirit to you, Lord, that you would just show them the way and uh, reveal, uh, reveal to them how wonderful and good you are. And um, I thank you, Lord, for this people uh, listening to our broadcast. And I just pray that you would deepen their faith, their walk with you, and um, that they may learn all about you and the kingdom of God and, and what you have in store for their purpose 
and for their destiny with you and how you want to work with them and partner with them and, and be there for them no matter what they're going through and just live a victorious life. So we just pray that you would help these uh, people listening on the broadcast to uh, embark in this journey with you and uh, to experience a, a wonderful uh, kingdom awakening with you in Jesus mighty name. In Jesus Amen. mighty name. Amen. So we hope that this broadcast has blessed you. If it has, make sure you share it on as many platforms as you dare. And uh, yeah. And so we'll be back next Thursday night. Next Thursday night. At 7.30 p.m. Eastern. And you can check out our um, website, thrivingonpurpose.com. There's a lot of uh, cool resources. Sebastian just... I just wrote, I just published a new book. Yeah. Called Five Reasons Why God Wants You to Prosper. So if you are in the belief, like I used to be, I used to be in that belief where um, I, I didn't think, I thought as a believer, uh, having money was not a, a godly thing or a God thing. And I thought I was humble and good and godly by basically staying broke. Uh, so if you're in that kind of belief and yet you feel in your spirit that you, you need more, well, this book might just be the book that open you up to biblical truth about God desiring your prosperity and why he does so. So you can check it out. It's on Amazon. Five reasons why God wants you to prosper. Yeah, so it, re it really is going to explain to you how to do this God's way. Um, because I know that when it comes to money, a lot of believers are kind of scared about the topic. We don't want to be ungodly. We don't want to be uh, looking for, you know, things of material in this world and this and that. And we're kind of brainwashed and thinking that money's evil. Um, but there's so much more to understanding God's uh, prosperity and what he wants for you and how good he is and how wonderful he is to answer our needs in that way. And uh, also, you know, it, it all has to do with, um, you know, the what vision. What you believe of God. And, you know, and how the you vision, perceive him. Yeah, and your purpose and your vision that yes. he has, you know, for you. It takes finances to fulfill vision yeah. and to fulfill um a lot of uh, ministry work and different things that God may be calling you to. So I encourage you to go check that out, thrivingonpurpose.com. We also have a free resource section where we have a lot of uh, free downloads on all kinds of things that are going to help you build your faith, that are going to help you uh, even with biblical declarations and mm -hmm. uh, to hold on to God's promises and to say them out loud every day. And uh, that's really going to build up your faith as well. Mm -hmm. So, Thanks for joining us. Be blessed. And thrive on. <laughs>